find Matthew chapter 11. This is the first of the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew chapter 11 is where we're going to begin today in just a moment. But I must first ask you a question. Are you weary? It's known as one of the most confounding missing persons cases. Almost 93 years ago, it was August of 1930, a 45-year-old Judge Joseph Crater disappeared. He waved goodbye to friends after a meal. He held a taxi in New York. He was never heard from again. It's never been discovered what happened. Years of research, countless theories, no conclusions. He was a successful New York Supreme Court judge, so it certainly made news when he showed up missing. The only clue that ever surfaced was found that first day by his wife. There was a note and an envelope, both addressed to her. The envelope contained a large sum of cash. The note simply said, I am very weary. Love, Joe. I've lived enough to know there are a lot of people that can share that sentiment. Maybe you can today. You've come to this place and you're weary. You're worn out. You feel beat down or burnt out. You're done. You feel like you're at the end of the rope. You may even be at the point of wanting to disappear. So I ask you again, because I want you to really know where you are. Are you weary? If so, I've got some good news. There's hope. If not, you should tune in as well, because there will likely be a time, a season, a day in your life where you feel all the things I've just described. And when you get to that point, You need to be reminded that in the midst of our hurried and wearied lives, we have a God who longs to give us rest. That's worthy of our celebration. I want to remind you what we've been learning in this series that we've called rest. We've learned that God created rest. We looked at Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, and it begins this way. In the beginning, God created, and it says the heavens and the earth, and then we find out that he worked for six days, creating everything you see, including us. He worked, and 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 then he he created rest. Literally, he created Shabbat Shalom, Sabbath peace. And in doing so, a God who the Bible says never wearies modeled the rhythm, the pace of rest. And then we learned that God not only created rest, he commanded rest. In Exodus chapter 20, we have the Ten Commandments. And that fourth commandment, the longest of all the commandments, says, Honor the Sabbath, Shabbat. And keep it holy. Deuteronomy 5, 40 years later, Moses again, just before the children of Israel go into the promised land, says once more, honor the Sabbath. And he reminds him, the reason you do this is because God has delivered you. God is with you. You can rely on him. So rest in him. But we didn't stop there. We continued our studies of the scriptures and and we've learned that when you fail to rest, no matter how big your name, it could be a name like Elijah or you could be a group of people like the children of Israel. No matter who you are, when you fail to rest in God, you will fail. So Elijah climbed under a tree and cried out to God, I just want to die. The prophet Isaiah told the children of Israel, you can find rest if you'll Rest in me, in quietness, and trust you'll find your strength. But you wouldn't have it. You you ran after the ways of Egypt, the ways of the world. You, you, You escaped into other pathways that you thought would meet your needs. And you find out there's always consequences when you fail to rest in God. And so today we make our way to the New Testament. And in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is going to 
call us to rest. But before we get there, I need to tell you, it's my periodic reminder that Jesus didn't just show up on the scene in the New Testament. You understand that, right? We don't get to Matthew and all of a sudden, wow, God Jr. was born. No. We serve a triune God. It's hard for us to understand, but we worship and serve God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was there when rest was created. Jesus was there when rest was commanded. Jesus was there when people suffered the consequences of not resting. And now Jesus in the flesh is going to call us to rest. He didn't come to give us a new rule, our new religion. Jesus came to show us a new rest. So the context of Matthew 11 is a pivotal season in Jesus' ministry. If we were to back up from the verses we're going to read, you'll find out that Jesus is making his claim. He's beginning to state very clearly that he believes he's God. That's what will eventually get him killed. Because the Jewish leaders don't like that assertion. They call it blasphemy. But you're going to hear Jesus will say that I and the Father, we've got a connection you're not aware of. Just after this, you're, you're going to see that those Jewish leaders, they amp up their attacks. They're going to come after Jesus because they want to kill him. They plot his demise. But the message of this passage is clear. It's a sermon in a sentence. The solutions to life's most challenging problems are found when you come to Jesus. If you don't walk away with anything else, I want you to get that. Let's say it together. The solutions to life's most challenging problems are found when you come to Jesus. It really is that simple. This is the Word of God, Matthew 11, beginning in verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, so for some of you, In your Bible, these words are read. I like that, but I want to remind you, all of this is the Word of God. So when you have red letter words, that just means they were spoken by the incarnate Christ that when he was walking and talking the earth. But all of the Bible, we believe, is God's inerrant. It doesn't contain errant, infallible. It doesn't contain falsehoods, word. But Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned. You revealed them to little children. We could spend our entire time talking about this. We won't, but let me remind you that Scripture teaches that the truths of Scripture can be understood even by a small child. Aren't you thankful for that? We live in an age where I think it is true that whoever wants this generation the most will likely get them. I'm thankful to be a part of a church that says we want to reach the next generation. Parents, grandparents, I would tell you, the LGBTQ community, they want your children. They want this next generation. The media empire that influences us, they want this next generation. The prince of air, the prince of darkness, the ways of this world desire our children and our grandchildren But Scripture teaches that the things of God that have the ability to transform their lives can be understood even by the smallest child. And thus Jesus would say, don't keep the little children from coming to me. Behind me, you see the letters VBS that stand for Vacation Bible School. That begins in our church here on this campus tomorrow. We're excited because there's no time during the year where we'll have more children on our campus than during Vacation Bible School. And I want you to pray with me that many of those children come to Jesus during that time. Goes on, yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Look at verse 27. All things have been committed to me by the Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And to those whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. So Jesus is making these bold claims. And then he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I want us to pray one one more time. Father, I pray that as we gather in this place, more than anything else, the name of Jesus will be praised. So, Lord Jesus, 
representative of the listeners and those gathered here, I declare, we surrender. We want what you want from your word. So Holy Spirit of God, fill us in this moment with your truth. Give us what we need that we don't have. Teach us those things we've not yet learned. Make us new and different for your glory. And begin with me, Lord. Let the words I say and even my thoughts be pleasing to you. And Jesus, grant rest today. Father, would you grant eternal rest for that person that does not yet know you? May this be the day of their salvation. And Lord, I thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've just concluded Matthew 11. If you were to turn the page and go to Matthew chapter 12, you would find out that Jesus is illustrating the very principle he just spoke. Listen to what it says. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry. They began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees, the religious leaders, saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. I told you the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were going to increase their attacks on Jesus, and they did. But they're off base here. Because Jesus had just said, hey, come to me if you're weary, if you're tired out, if you're trying to do all this stuff in your own strength and you can't get there, you're not accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish, come to me, let me give you my way and you'll find out it's easier than what you're trying. Right after that, the religious leaders spot Jesus and his disciples are hungry, so they pull some grain, it happens to be the Sabbath day, and they try to catch him in a law. This is what Jesus is talking about. You've made this relationship with God something it was never intended to be. You've made it something that's hard, something that's challenging, something that even the best of people can't accomplish. He's saying, listen to my word. So, so I want us to listen one more time. Let's just slow it down a little bit and breathe in the words of Jesus. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Pastor, scholar Eugene Peterson is now with the Lord but in his lifetime, he paraphrased the scriptures. You may be aware of it. His paraphrase of the scriptures is called the message. Listen to how the message reads this passage. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love the turn of a phrase. Don't you love that? The unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You see, whatever speed you read the words of Jesus and whatever the translation, his message is clear. We've said it already. The solutions to life's most challenging problems are found when you come to Jesus. But let me say that another way because a lot of us are out there and our weariness, our, our, our tiredness is coming from this reality that we often find ourselves saying something like this. I, I just wish I had more time. Anybody ever said that? I think what we're learning from Jesus is the solution to our problem is not more time, but more Jesus. You see, we can't get any more time. 
if that's a news flash to you, I'm sorry, but you're not going to get any more time than I have. We've got the same minutes and hours in our day. We all struggle with the same number of seconds. We can't have more time. But what Jesus is saying is you can have more of me. It's the secret to soul rest. Shabbat shalom. Sabbath peace. So how do you get that? What's Jesus up to here? There are three things from this passage. I think they're straightforward. Let me give them to you. First, Jesus makes a simple request. A simple request. You know what it is? Come to me. Say, come to me. Philosopher Soren Kierkegaard nicknamed Jesus the great inviter. Because Jesus was always saying, come. How did he call his disciples? Do you remember? When he saw them fishing, he would say, come, come on, follow me. I imagine as he prepared to preach that greatest sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount, that he looked around at the crowds as he walked by to the place where he would eventually land, and he said, come, follow me. And today that invitation is to you. He's saying to you, come to me. He's inviting you. And nothing's new. The call of Jesus has always been to everybody. Regardless of your background, regardless whether you're religious or irreligious, whether you consider yourself righteous or unrighteous, the call of Jesus is open for whosoever will shall come. Come to me. Will you accept this call? That's what I want to ask you. Will, will you, you longtime professing follower of Christ, you faithful member of his church, will, will you respond to the request of Jesus, his invitation to come? Why should you? Because I'm looking at your faces. There's a lot of you, you're weary and you're burdened. You're worn down by the cares of this world. You've let things that are outside of the ways and the Word of God influence and impact you in such a way that you would say, you are done. You feel like you're carrying a burden that's too big on a path that's too hard and the destination seems impossible and you need rest. And that's what Jesus says He offers. Come to me and I will give you rest. Literally, He says, come to me and I will rest you. We understand that, though we've not used that phrase. As parents, as fathers, you've probably used a a phrase and, and made a word fit like that. Like when my kids were younger, I can remember looking at my boys and saying, you do that again and I'll I'll tear you up. Jesus is saying, come to me and I will rest you. I will show you how to live in such a way that rest is who you are. But to do that, you have to come to me. Not go look for a way of escape. Not go to your closest friends. Not lose yourself in your work or not find a new hobby. Not seek a new relationship. He doesn't even say come to church. He says come to me. Salvation and healing and rest is not through a creed or a ritual or through a church or through a pastor or through religion at all. True salvation and healing rest comes through a person. And you'll never find it if you don't go to that person, if you don't come to Jesus. This separates the call of Christ from every other religious call in the world. There are about 12 major world religions, but let me give you the top two outside of Christianity. Buddha. Buddha said, come to me, but he never said, I'll give you rest. He said, come to me and do these things. Follow this noble eightfold path, and then maybe you'll experience nirvana. Muhammad, the prophet upon which Islam is founded, he said, come to me, but he he never said, I'll give you rest. He, He said, Come to me, and if you do these five things, the five pillars of Islam, maybe things will work out for you in the end. 
better than it works out for some others. But he doesn't promise rest. Jesus is the only one who says, come to me and I will give you rest. He makes a simple request, come to me. But then we see that you and I have a simple response. Take his yoke. We have to take his yoke. Now, most of us living in our century, we think of a yoke as a piece of hardware that a farmer or a rancher would use to keep two animals together. And though I'm neither a farmer nor a rancher, my understanding is they wouldn't really yoke together two strong oxen, for example, or two weak oxen. They would pick a strong one and a weak one, and and they would yoke them together. And there is an element of that that we're going to see in this story, that we are to be yoked with Jesus. And there's certainly elements in Scripture where we are talked about being unequally yoked with those who are not of Jesus. But there's more. You see, because yoke was also an idiom, a a figure of speech. Jesus was referred to by his followers as rabbi. You know what a rabbi is? It's a teacher. They would call him rabbi or teacher. And what we know about the days in which Jesus lived is every rabbi, every teacher had a yoke. They would have a way that they would teach the biblical truths that they hold on to. Some of that happens today, even from pastor teachers, right? That's what, one of the things that may influence where you go to church. You, you like the way in which the biblical things are addressed. And, and so every rabbi would talk about things, questions that everybody had, questions like divorce and sexuality and what do we do about our money and, and just basic life issues. What is the way we do that? What's your understanding of how we do that through Scripture? So Jesus... Jesus talks about being yoked his way. It's a principle that should be our goal today. To walk not just according to the words or the truth of Jesus, but to walk according to the ways of Jesus. And church people, we get that messed up a lot. Because it's easy for us to be strongly grounded in the truth of Jesus, the words of Jesus. We call that doctrine, right? And so we'll fight over doctrine But sometimes when we do that, we're not living by the ways of Jesus. We're not handling truth and grace. We want to live according to the truth of Jesus and the ways of Jesus. And so Jesus says, I want you to come to me, but you need to take my yoke, my way. But by the way, it's easy. Now, that's hard for us to understand because it doesn't make sense. I look out at you and you say, yes, I'm weary, I'm, I'm burdened, I, I feel like I can hardly stand up, my, my back is tired. Really? Yeah. Well, then take this. <laughs> I don't want another burden. I don't want something else that I have to check off. I don't want something else I have to do. So what was Jesus saying? I want you to get this. Jesus was teaching that True rest is not freedom from responsibility, but true rest is bondage to the reason for which you were created. True rest is not just having more time in your day where you can sit and do nothing, but true rest is understanding that I was created in the image of God, and I want to live according to that created image for which I was made. I do that by linking myself to Jesus and His way of living. I love the way Pastor John Ortberg describes this. He he says, an easy life is not an option, but an easy yoke is. I study business and leadership, and in business and leadership, um, there's a principle. The principle is that, that every system is perfectly designed to get the results you're getting. And so in other words, when you're in a business and and you look and say, man, things aren't working out right, there's something in your systemic design that you may or may not realize is causing you to get the very results that you're structured to get. What Jesus is saying is that's true spiritually as well. I've told you about this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Comer puts it this way. He says, your life is the byproduct of your lifestyle. Let me just say that again. Your life is the byproduct of your lifestyle. 
So what that means is I can't look outside of my life to cast blame on all the circumstances, all the things that I'm going through, the other people that I don't like, and then say that they are messing up me. I have to look in the mirror. We don't understand that a lot, do we? And that's what causes us to sometimes come even into gatherings like this and, man, we're messed up. Our, our, our life and our lifestyle is not right, but we sit in church and say, I'm not getting anything out of it. Or we get sidetracked by things that we just disagree with. We, you know, the drums are too loud or the preacher wore tennis shoes or whatever. And we, we make those things something that they're not. They're not a solution. I want to read to you something that Comer goes on to say in this passage. He says, if the results you're getting are lousy, anxiety at a simmer, mild depression, high levels of stress, chronic emotional burnout, little to no sense of the presence of God, and inability to focus your mind on the things that make for life, then the odds are very good that something about the system that your life is, is based on is off kilter. The way you've organized your morning or your evening routine, your schedule, your budget, your relationship to your phone, how you manage your resources of time, money, and attention, something is out of kilter. You're not living the Jesus way. Jesus is saying, hey, there's a pathway to rest, and I will guarantee rest, but you've got to come to me, and then you've got to take what I'm giving you and do it my way. Your way, man, you're, I'm living the American dream. I'm pulling myself up by the bootstraps. I'm doing everything I can. Your way will never guarantee rest. But the ways of Jesus does. So Jesus says, take my yoke and, what's the next thing he says? Learn from me. Remember, he's the teacher. I like how Billy Graham says it. Billy Graham says, not only is Jesus the greatest teacher in, in life's university, he's also the professor and the curriculum. Or as Eugene Peterson said, learn from the unforced rhythms of grace. We have to embrace those benefits that Jesus offers, but we don't want that. We want Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me if you're weary, if you're burdened, and I'll give you rest. Thank you, Lord, I need that. But we don't want Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke and learn my way. We like the request Jesus makes, but we don't enjoy the required response. We don't want another burden. So we do it our way. Church, I'm just telling you, we're eat up with this. In our marriages, in our careers, even in our churches, doing it our way, not his way. And then we wonder why we're not at rest. So let me wrap this up and, and, and show you why it's so important. So you got this simple request from Jesus, come to me. You've got this simple response, take his yoke and learn from him. But then you can see that we can experience a supernatural reality. Rest for our souls. Do you see that in verses 29 and 30? And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest for your souls. Oh, these old bodies, man, they start to wear out. I'm just telling you, if you're younger than me, you're heading our way. If you're older than me, you're saying, shut up, you little whippersnapper. <laughs> We've gotten into pickleball in our household. My boys have. And last night, they drugged me out on the pickleball court. I'm just telling you, by the end of it, I was huffing and puffing. I was like Fred G. Sanford. I'm coming for you, Elizabeth. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. All of you under 40, just go Google that. These bodies wear out. My dad, oh man, I miss my daddy. I just tell you, it's a reminder for me that we want to think if you go to church and you just pray and you love Jesus, everything's going to be like you see in the movies and when people die, they see the angels all around the room and they're smiling and singing how great they are. It wasn't that way with my dad. It was a rough nine months. I watched his physical body 
die. I was with him when he breathed his last. And we were singing the hymns of grace, but he was just suffering until the end. Because these bodies do that. But listen to me. You're not simply a body. All of our bodies will die. You're a soul. And your soul is going to spend forever somewhere. And so Jesus is saying to us, if you come to me, I will give you soul rest. Those who study sleep say we need all kinds of rest. You need physical rest. I needed that last night. Man, I went home. I soaked in the tub. I prayed to Jesus, please restore my muscles. I mean, it was rough. We need physical rest, but sometimes you need sensory rest. I've talked about it's more than 2,700 times the average person picks up their cell phone in a day. Thousands of hours that the average person watches TV in a month. Life is coming at us all the time. Sometimes you just need to close your eyes. If you get headaches like I do, even the lights just cause you pain. You need sensory rest. Sometimes you need emotional rest. You know why we need emotional rest? Because of people. People wear us out. And sometimes you just want to get away. I mean, you're like hiding. And you need a, mo- you need a break from people. You need emotional break. Sometimes you need mental rest. Again, as you get older, this, this happens to me. I, I get up for particular reason every night at least once and and if I'm not careful when I get up maybe my phone has lit up so I don't have the sensory rest and if I make the mistake and look down it triggers something in my mind and you know what sometimes can happen my mind just starts racing I can't go back to sleep because I'm not mentally at rest I'm not turned it off and then sometimes and I think this is what Jesus is getting at we need spiritual rest We need that deep soul rest. And that soul rest, man, if you walked with us through the book of Romans, you're going to recognize this because that soul rest, it comes in three stages. It starts with initial rest. When you come to Jesus and you understand that he bore all of your sins on the cross of Calvary, when you trust him for your salvation, you you get the immediate rest of salvation. And that's a good thing. But there's continual rest. You know what we call that continual rest? Sanctification. We're growing in Christ. We're looking more like Christ. And the more we learn and look like His way, the more we're at rest. When we were saved, we were saved from the penalty of sin. As we're being saved and sanctified, we're saved from the power of sin. But one day, we'll have eternal rest. You know what we call that eternal rest? Glorification. And you know what happens at that glorification? We've got rest in our souls. That's why we say R-I-P. Rest in peace. And that's what Jesus is saying. Come to me and you'll have rest. But you got to take my yoke. Now, we've all got yokes. You understand that, right? In education, that yoke is called a class. If you're learning a skill, that yoke is called an apprenticeship. For a musician, that yoke is called a rehearsal. For an athlete, that yoke is called a practice. For those of us who are in the way of Christ, that yoke is called discipleship. We're learning to live the Jesus way. But when we do that and follow him, he gives us soul rest. And an easy burden. Before I move on, this is just a reminder. That prosperity garbage that some of you listen to or read about that says if you just follow this simple prescription, everything will be up okay in your life. It's not from the book. Because even Jesus said, I'm going to give you some burdens. But there's good news about his burden. No matter how heavy the burden, he's in the yoke with you, and he's carrying the heavy load. 
Do you understand that? When you're walking with Christ, you cannot face anything alone and you will not face anything that he cannot bear. There'll be no burden that's too heavy because he's there. He's with you. When I was 12 years old, my big brother decided he was going to take me on a hiking trip. So we lived in South Carolina. We were going to hike the Appalachian Trail. We did for about 60 miles in a few days. That's a big deal for a 12-year-old. I had to carry a pack just like he did. And anything I needed for that week was in that pack. If we were going to use a tent, it had to be on our pack. The sleeping bag, I was on my pack. Any food we were eating, that was in the pack. Socks that I was going to need, in the pack. Bandages, because no matter how hard we prepared, we were going to get blisters. They were in the pack. Everything we need. And I'm carrying that. I think it was about 60 pounds at 12 year old. And there I found myself on that mountainous climb. Seemed like a never ending path. Sometimes it was hard. There were some moments my big brother, he's nine years older than me, he would he would see my exhaustion and he'd come along and take that pack. And I'm so grateful for him. But eventually we got to the end. Lifetime memory. But we made it to the end. And we were going to get in the back of a pickup truck to go to where our vehicle was. From the trailhead, the end where we got off to there. So we get into that truck and I've got a choice because I've got this pack on my back. I've been carrying it all week. But now I'm in the truck. My mama's here and I'm going to tell you this right now. She didn't raise a dummy. When I'm sitting in the truck, I don't need to carry the weight of that pack. That's a one-ton truck. It can carry the weight of a 60-pound pack. So what did I do? Took it off of my back. Listen. And I put the weight on the one that was carrying me. I'm not that 12-year-old boy anymore. And I'm just going to tell you, in 54 years, I've had more than a few times where I've been weary and burdened, heavy laden. I've been, like I mentioned early in the message, I've I've been going down that path, carrying a heavy load, feeling like I had a, a task that was too hard and a destination that seemed impossible to reach. But every time that's happened, God's brought me back to this truth. Come to me, you weary one, you who's heavy and burdened. I'll give you rest, but do it my way. Take my yoke. It's easy. I'm going to give you rest for your soul. When we take the yoke of Jesus, he takes our load. But I need to tell you something. Unlike that farmer or that rancher, Jesus will never put his yoke on us. Do you hear me, church? He's not going to put it on you. you got to come to him. It begins with his request. So how you doing? You weary? I know it. Some of you feel like the psalmist. That's why I love the psalms. They're so real. The psalmist said, I I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I'd fly away and be at rest. And some of you come in here today, and maybe for one of you, it's the last draw. You just wish you could fly away. I wish I could fly away from this marriage. I wish I could fly away from these problems. I I wish I could fly away from this job. I, I wish I could fly away from these friends. I wish I could just disappear. But don't do that. That's not the answer. Come to Jesus. He'll give you rest. This week I was reminded of this old song. If you want to hear it, you can Google it and listen to the Alabama Blind Boys. The Blind Boys of Alabama sing this song. I wish I memorized these words, but maybe, maybe they'll speak to you. If the world from you withholds all of its silver and its gold, And you have to get along with meager fare. Just remember in his word 
how he feeds the little bird. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Just take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust him through your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Now your body suffers pain. Your health, you can't regain. Your soul is slowly sinking in despair. Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can save you and He can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it there, church. Leave it there. If you trust Him through your doubt, He'll surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Come to me, Jesus said. All of you who are weary, tired, and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn my ways. For my yoke is easy. The burden I give you, it's going to feel like it's light because I'm right there with you. But when you come to me, I will give you, listen, soul. together Father in the name of Jesus I'm just simply asking would you make this a sacred moment in Genesis 2 it says that you blessed the Sabbath and this is our, our Sabbath that means you made time holy I'm, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit would you make this time holy Lord there are a lot of Christians church people who need to do business with you. Lord, our attitudes and our actions toward others, our service to you, our disciplines, time in your word and prayer and financial stewardship, it's out of whack because our soul's not at rest. So, Lord, I just pray that you give Christ's followers an opportunity in this moment just to come to you, Jesus. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, but Christ's follower, I'm asking you, don't miss this moment. I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm just telling you, the, the, the facts, the facts bear out. A lot of us aren't taking the yoke and learning from Jesus. We're not resting in Him. So the way I was taught as I was growing up by my hero, my dad, and every time I hear God's Word and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me, I can, I can make a commitment to Him right where I'm sitting, right where I'm standing. I can say God work in this moment in my life and I'm asking you to do that Christ follower but there's somebody who who hears these words and I just sense it in my inner man someone's hearing this and you're not a follower of Christ and I just want to remind you I said it a moment ago but the answer is not in a creed or, or a ritual it's not in a church or a pastor or a religion the answer is in the person of Jesus Christ and so here's what you need to do you need to cry out to God and admit that you need him because you're a sinner you need to believe what he did on the cross to die for your sin. And you need to commit control of your life to him. So I want to lead you through a time of prayer. You don't need me. I just told you that. But sometimes you don't know the words to say. And so if that's you, maybe you would pray this. Just you and God. Dear Jesus. Just you and God. Dear Jesus. Man, I need you. I'm a sinner. Now know I need to be saved. I believe you died for me. But Jesus, you're alive. And I hear you calling to me. Here I come. <laughs> Just as I am. Needy. Weary sinful but ready take my life I surrender I'm taking your yoke your way and I'm ready to learn
you tell him thank you if you just prayed that prayer across this room online so God we declare that by your grace and for your glory we have sensed your presence and now we just want to hang out in this moment a second we want to worship you we want to celebrate the truths of scripture we want to breathe it in so meet us here in the name of Jesus amen would you stand together with me as we worship him let's worship the Lord